Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Hey everyone, it is Sunday, June 5th, uh, about noon, and I just wanted to put on a quick podcast. This will be a quick one, but I wanted to put out some information that I can't put on Facebook or other social media because they'll block me or they'll remove it. The federal government is putting out that there's 33,000 gun deaths per year. That's what the White House is putting out. Let me break it down for you with the stats on where they get those numbers. 66% of those 33,000 are suicides. We're the only country that counts suicides as gun deaths. So 60% of that 33,000, gonna bring it down to about 11,000 gun deaths. About three to 500 of those are accidental, untrained, irresponsible people that accidentally shoot themselves, accidental discharge. So now we're down to 10,500. 500 of those 10,500 are self-defense, legitimate self-defense shoots, where good people have protected themselves uh, by carrying a firearm and unfortunately had to use it to protect themselves. So now we're down to 10,000. 90% of those 10,000 are from Chicago, uh, black-on-black crimes, um, gang-related incidents. So if you look at those stats, their 33,000 doesn't seem so critical, does it? But that's what the White House, that's what the administration wants you to know because that focuses on their gun agenda. But when you break it down and get the facts, that's not necessarily what it is. I also wanted to put out some information on uh, on active shooter. You have to remember, so I was a cop in Florida, Daytona Beach. I was born and raised in Daytona Beach my whole life. And every time we would have a tornado, which was quite often, or we would have a hurricane. It, it completely annihilates uh, several neighborhoods or the whole entire county or city or a portion of the state. You would have people go out and they'd spend $20 for a magnetic sign and stick it on the side of their truck and now all of a sudden they're experts. Uh, expert roofers or expert contractors. They're gonna come in and fix your house. They know nothing about construction. I'm seeing these type of people pop up now with active shooter response training. You have, some are professional, some are not, but you're having people that because we're having so many violent active shooter attacks, or violent attacks, I should say, along with active shooter attacks, now everybody's an active shooter trainer. So let me caution you about these um, uh, overnight roofers or overnight contractors. When there's a storm, they pop up and they're gonna rip people off. Or maybe they have good intentions, they're gonna rebuild your roof, but they don't know what they're doing. And in a year or two, you could really, really pay for that, either structural damage or uh, or having to redo the roof. So watch out for those active shooter trainers that are popping up. Some are retired FBI, some are retired cops, some are firefighters that are experts in life-saving, uh, but they don't know anything about active shooter. They think they do, but they don't. Be very careful with that. I don't teach, um, 
People tell me, well, why don't you teach a stop the bleed class? Why don't you teach CPR? That's not my field of expertise. That's not what I do. I know how to stop the bleed. I know how to do CPR, but that's not my field of expertise. So I stay away from it. Be careful, friends. Now that brings me into what I'm getting ready to say. When we talk about active shooter training, there's a lot of companies out there and there's a lot of people out there that are telling and guiding schools and businesses and churches and other facilities buy this fancy device to put on the door. You can use this chair and by placing it on the door up against the doorknob, you can keep the, the bad guy out. That's fine and dandy. I don't agree with that at all and here's why. If you've taken my active shooter response training, I spend, I spend a considerable amount of time talking about how right now you're listening to this podcast and you're at 60 to 80 heartbeats a minute, just resting heart rate. When you hear boom, 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 boom in screams, you're going to have a hyper adrenaline dump and you're going to skyrocket to 185, 190 beats per minute. It's literally going to feel like your heart has jumped up into your throat. You're going to be scared. You're going to freeze. You're going to lose cognitive processing. You're going to lose depth perception. You're going to lose your critical thinking. You're going to have tunnel vision, audio exclusion. You're going to have a sensory overload. It's being somewhere where you have never been before. Trust me, you are not going to remember how to wedge that chair leg into that door to, to keep that door closed. You're not going to remember how to put this fancy device on the bottom of the door or around the doorknob. But I'll tell you one thing, which you will remember, you'll remember that if that door is already set to lock, all you have to do is slam it. That's it. Anybody can do that. If just the teacher or just certain students are trained in all these fancy devices, what about the other students that aren't trained? What if the students that are trained or the teacher that's trained in the fancy device uh, or gimmick for the door, what if they're incapacitated? What if they've been shot first? We're not gonna be able to lock that door. So folks, let's keep it simple. Let's keep it so where these doors, and I'm not just talking about schools, let's keep it to the church doors, the facility doors, uh, wherever you work, um, any type of facility and schools let's make it so it's very easy to shut the door problem solve it's locked you also don't want to be standing on the other side of the door lock trying to get one of these fancy devices to lock it when the shooter is just on the other side secondary we have to think about how our first responder is going to enter if you've put a fancy device on the outside of that door yeah it's going to keep the active shooter out but so will a lock and one of the things I tell businesses that they should have a go bag or a go box. When police arrive to an active shooter attack, somebody designated goes out there and says, this is the list of people that are in the building because you have, you're prepared for this. You already have it. It could be a roster of students for the day. This is who we've got in the building right now. And here's a pass key. So that way the SWAT team or law enforcement can make immediate entry to render first aid or to neutralize the bad guy. We had this problem in Texas uh, a couple weeks ago where uh, they had to search for a key. It took them a good while to get a key to the SWAT team in order to make entry. The door was too heavy, they couldn't make entry. So we don't want any devices on the door that are gonna slow down uh, law enforcement. So now let's talk about what makes an active shooter tick. I did a, a podcast just uh, recently also on statistics from the United States Secret Service in 2019 of what makes an active shooter tick. Mental illness, anger, uh, being bullied. So when we talk about um, when we talk about what we're seeing, let, let's just take for instance the school shootings. We have our kids absolutely so confused right now that they're getting angry. 
we have at a very young age certain teachers that are telling the little boys they can be little girls they're telling the little girls you can be a little boy do this do that go ahead and dress like this they're confused we've got those same little boys and girls that could be bullied from kindergarten to first grade second grade third grade and they're growing up with these kids the kids the kids progress through school together as long as everybody passes classes pretty much the same group stays together well if you're being bullied or if you're being told that you can be a different gender than what you think you are that's going to make you angry and that's where a lot of these school shootings occur they lash out they're angry they're very very angry and i'll tell you what if i've been bullied from kindergarten or other all the way up to 10th grade and i'm with the same teachers that have allowed it or if i'm with the same group of kids that have been bullying me or telling me i'm something that i'm not guess who i'm going to lash out with guess who i'm going to show you know what i've put up with this for 10 11 12 years i'm going to show them that all these years they should not have been picking on me that's where it comes from so we're all, we've also removed the father figure we've removed church we've removed the father figure the traditional family these boys and i say boys because most of the active shooters in schools are boys they're angry they don't have anybody to give them guidance we sit them in front of a screen all day we feed them pornography we give them an endless endless stream of content. Violent video games where they are growing up and they don't know the difference between fantasy and reality. We give them no moral foundation, no guidance, no companionship. We give them drugs, we isolate them. That's the that's the the recipe for an active shooter. And 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 I I talk from stats. I don't talk from looking at news. If you followed me and you know where I get from my information, I've done some train the trainer classes. And after doing about four of those nationwide, I'd travel to do them to build my business and to make myself better. I started thinking, you know, this could be done a little bit better. Uh, actually, it could be done a lot better. So I started traveling the country to these active attacks. Uh, I'll be going out to Buffalo, um, New York, to the grocery store, to that neighborhood in just a few weeks. And I'm going to find out what exactly happened. I'll find out the truth. I'll sit down with victims, witnesses, survivors, and police officers that work that attack. And we're going to find out what happened. And that's what you hear in my presentation. So I feel like when I'm telling you this information, I'm telling it, I'm presenting it to you from past attacks. We have to understand what did not work at that grocery store? What did work at that grocery store? Where the, were the mistakes leading up to that? And there were a lot of mistakes leading up to that. So that's what I put out. That's where I get my information. And so that's where I can scholarly and honestly, without sugarcoating it or exaggerating it, tell you what I've just told you. It's coming from my research of, uh, of straight facts from being on those scenes. So let's, uh, let, let's set threat assessment teams up in schools. Uh, and our workplaces, our businesses, and that's meant to not just target these possible active shooters, but get them help. A lot of them need a lot of help. Uh, we've got a society now that does not take responsibility for their actions. There's no emotional control. People don't know how to control their emotions. And they're stuck in the limbic system, which is the defensive mechanism of your brain. So for the past 10, 15, 20 years, I can make a comment to somebody on Facebook and completely blast them on any social media platform. I can completely blast them and there's no recourse for them. They can't 
punch me in the face like they could do 20 years ago when you didn't have social media and you say something about it. So we've got no no recourse for our actions. You can just lash out at somebody. Well, when I can't lash out at somebody on social media or I've been given a trophy my whole life or been told, hey, if you don't like this, we'll change it to meet your needs. Well, when we get to a point where people can't change it to meet my needs because there's been change, 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 and nothing's happening, what am I going to do? I'm going to lash out violently. Finally, let me just say that there is no such thing as an assault rifle. My rifle at home is a defensive rifle, and that's what I call it. It's a defensive rifle. I don't own an assault rifle. I have, I have two defensive rifles and I call them defensive rifles and we need to change that tone. The media has coined the term assault rifle. That's not what it is. It's armor light rifle. It's the, it's the 15th rifle that they made through armor light. So the media has termed it assault rifle. We need to get away from that. And as AR-15 owners, we need to start calling it a defensive rifle because I don't go out and shoot innocent people with my rifle. So I don't own an assault rifle. I own a rifle and I'll call it a defensive rifle because that's what the Second, Second Amendment allows me to have is a defensive rifle to protect my home, my family, and my country if need be. So let's start changing around. When people say assault rifle, correct them and say, no, it's a defensive rifle or it's just a rifle. But we've got to let the media know that there is no such thing as an assault rifle. If I take a baseball bat and, it, and I go play baseball with it, it's a baseball bat. If I go smash somebody in the head with it, it's an assault bat. Same thing with a golf club or a tire iron or a knife. A knife that I've got on my in my pocket right now is just a knife. If I go stab someone with it, it could be an assault knife. So let's get away with that. Pass the word. Let's start calling them defensive rifles. Because as good guys and good girls, that's what we own. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to have some more information coming. I'm going to have some meetings at my office soon to see what we can do to secure these schools in the Lynchburg, Virginia area. I travel teaching this content. Uh, if you'd like a consultation on what we can do to secure your facility, train people to recognize these attacks. I also get calls every now and then, I, and, and recently I've been having calls that, well, this active shooter in Texas has um, has been through active shooter training. That's why he was so successful. No, wrong, 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 wrong. That's where I particularly, personally, am not a fan of run, hide, fight, or avoid, deny, defend. And in my presentations, I under I explain why that is. And under that content, if we just teach, this is what you do. No, that doesn't work. You have to teach an individual approach. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that if you're getting run, hide, fight, or avoid, deny, defend training, I'm not going to say it's completely horrible. But there is so much more. It goes well beyond that. And that's what I've learned and put together from traveling to these attacks and talking to these people that, you know what, these folks need to do need to know a lot more and have a lot more options than just those three fancy words. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, again, if I can help you out, then uh, reach out to me. Uh, T4 Tactics, it's the letter T, the number four, tactics.com. There's a free book offer uh, on concealed carry on my website through uh, USCCA. It's a really good book. It's got a lot of ammo references, a lot of uh, responsible gun ownership tips. And that's the thing we need to do is push responsible, trained gun ownership. Uh, reach out to me, T4 Tactics. Reduce injuries and save lives. Take care, everyone.